right, let's go. We're freaking live. Let's go. We're freaking live. Travis Harris, happy Father's Day, man. Appreciate it, man. What's Thank up, you so dude? much, Good man. So was this your first Father's Day? No, nah, it's my second, actually. My son, too. All right, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, um, how's it been being a father, bro? I ain't gonna lie, it's been great. My son get on my nerve a lot, though, but it's been great. What do you think has been the best part about seeing your child grow to two years old? Two, yeah. Uh, the best part is just waking up to him every day. That's, and, that's my favorite part. And what's the most stressful thing? Everything at else. this particular point. Everything else. So did you like childproof your whole home like, Had before to. you hurt? What is the kind of stuff you do? You just put like stuff on the corners and shit, the, the, all the glass all over? Definitely that. Uh, also had to um, gotta cover all the outlets. But the thing with him is that he's not a kid that likes to like go to the outlets. He just likes to just look at it. He don't touch it. <laughs> like, he looks like he's yeah, up to he no just, good. He just touches it. I mean, he doesn't touch it. He just looks at it like. No, I remember, what can happen? Like, bro, I remember when I was like seven and eight years old, like I would just do stuff just because like I had no idea what would be the consequence of it. Like if I did something bad, yeah. I know that something bad would happen, but like I didn't really care at that particular point. Yeah. Is he in like, is he in daycare now? No, not yet. We about to put him in a, a 3K program soon when he turns three. Uh-huh. We're going to get him into that. And then um, he's really ready for it now, but we don't have nobody right now like that we can just issue that, you know, that program, get that program yeah. for him at the twos. So. I just got him every morning. What's the kind of stuff that uh, two-year-olds or three-year-olds do in a nursery school, like a day program? They just paint and stuff? No, nah, they have them do all types of different activities. They all have them interact with the kids, teach them how to share. All the things that he don't know how to do because he's a single child. So so what do you think uh, affects you the most like on a day-to-day basis? Like besides, obviously, you know, every time you leave him, you have to leave him with someone who's caring for him. Mm-hmm. Like, um, Do you have a pet at all? Like a dog? No. Did you ever have a pet before you had a child? No. So what would you say is like the the thing that most dads maybe don't think about when they have a kid right away? Just taking care of it on a daily basis. <laughs> Feeding it and just making Feeding sure everything's it, making, good? Yeah, like making sure they're clean, everything on a daily basis. Because if you used to live in the bachelor life and then when you have a child, yeah, like it, it, can, it can shift everything. Yeah. Shift everything. What was, like, what was like the biggest change when he was born? Oh, I knew I wasn't going out anymore. Okay. No, I wasn't hanging out as much as possible with my friends. I already knew, like, going to the clubs and all oh, that was a done deal. Were you ready for that? No, nah, not really. Not, no. Not the, then on top of that, he was born right before the pandemic. Oh, man. Well, that was, a, like, a good way to get to know your son, but also a good way to just get stressed out, I'm sure, about your Basically, son. It just forced me to know my son. That's, <laughs> that's what it was. It just forced me. So do you find yourself, like, carving more time out of the day for yourself than you would if you didn't have, you know, your son? You're like, okay, from this hour, this particular time of day, like, I, I know I need to focus on myself. Put this up a little okay, bit. Okay, gotcha. So um, what I'll be focusing on the most is, like, you know, writing material. So the times I get to really write materials in the morning time when he's asleep. So while he's asleep, I wake him up probably around, like, 11 o'clock. So I give him all his hours of sleep. But from the times of 8 to, like, 1030, I'm just writing jokes. In the morning? Yeah, in the morning. Because I know, like, with him, I can't write jokes during the day. Because I have to make sure he eats, make sure he doesn't hurt himself. I got to take him outside and make sure he get all his energy out. So I don't have the time to write during the nighttime either because I got to feed him, bathe him, make sure he's good. So I just write during the mornings. And then when he goes to sleep at night, you find yourself out in the comedy scene? Comedy scene, or if I don't have no shows that night, I'm sleeping. I got to get my rest. 
Word, man. Yeah, man. So uh, just growing up in the comedy scene and having a child, you know, obviously a lot of comedians do have kids, but do you find that like you've had to shift like your mindset just from focus comedy full time to having a kid? You know what I mean? Was it di- like difficult to change your mindset? No, not really, because like I said, the pandemic helped all along with the whole situation. So when the pandemic sat everybody down, I was able to focus on stand up. I was also able to focus on my child. So now it's like when um, when I'm getting ready to go out to do shows, he's with his mother. So then I can just focus from having him to now focus on just the comedy now. Are you doing a lot of shows in the Bronx these days? Not right now. I'm trying to venture downtown more. Yeah, dude, because I see you're traveling all over the place. Yeah, I'm trying to get I'm trying to get out, man. I'm trying to get out of New York. So Oh, you mean just like traveling comedy wise? Yeah, traveling comedy wise. Getting downtown to the city as well. So yeah. I can just like try to get into the clubs more, but I'm focusing on traveling outside of New York. How often are you traveling during the week and how long does it take for you to get to like one of your spots? Maybe wherever it is. Um so recently I just did a show in Brooklyn. So um about a thirty minute commute, depending on. Traffic. Oh, okay, that's not so bad. Yeah, yeah, not, not, nothing too. Are crazy. you dr- are you driving these days? Yes, but I'm about to start getting back on the train. Though I was just thinking about that. Yeah, I'm about to definitely start getting yeah. back on the train. Is there a gas station close to you in the Bronx? Yes, it is, and it's taking all my money. So I'm about to invest in this two seventy five. Yeah, I bet, bro. It's yeah. like even in Manhattan, there's like there's two gas stations that I can think of off the top of my head. There's one on Twenty Third and like the East River over there, mm-hmm. and then there's one down on like Eighth Avenue and like. 7th or 8th street and it's always packed it's always crazy and the thing about like living in new york which is a beautiful thing you could take that subway and then hopefully you get like the transfer whatever like an hour later but i try and walk everywhere dude even in this yeah yeah me too where i live all the way up to like next to mount vernon so if it shows that (laughs) that's down here i can't walk to those shows (laughs) what street is mount vernon is it like past 250 something all right, so I, I live on 222nd. Okay. So Mount Vernon goes, and then it resets. So now you could go all the way up to 242nd, and then it resets. It's like 1st Street, 2nd Street, 3rd Street. Oh, okay, okay. So once you get up to Mount Vernon, that's 1st Street, 2nd Street, 3rd Street, South Street, like wherever you're at in that area. Would you consider that maybe upstate, kind of? Yeah. Almost it's, upstate, it, at least? Well, I don't want to say that because, you know, people from Mount Vernon and, and Yonkers, they could be <laughs> yeah, from the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Westchester right, County. Right, right. Okay, they got okay. they got their own name. That's they, a nice name, though. Westchester yeah, County, especially when want. you think about they it. They want to hear that. They like know. the suburbs and everything. Mm-hmm. You grew up in the Bronx? No, I'm actually from Harlem, right across the street from uh, Rucker Park on 155th Street. Nice. Yeah, so I'm from Polo Ground Towers. What high school did you go to up there? I went to Bread and Roses High School. Okay. So it phased out. <laughs> It's on 135th, well, it was on 135th Street in St. Nicholas Avenue. Okay, and what brought you over to the Bronx? Cheaper rent. Okay, true. Well, well, yeah, I guess, like, Harlem is more expensive than the Bronx now. Both kind of in the, well, I guess you were, like, now, what, like, 100 blocks north and over to the west? Mm -hmm. What was your commute like in Harlem, and when did you move to the Bronx? Uh, I moved to the Bronx, I would say, probably, like, four years ago. Yeah, 2018, I moved to the Bronx. Um, I was working in the Bronx as well. I was working at a school, so the commute was super easy. Probably like 10, 15 minutes away. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What were you doing in school? I was a gym teacher. Oh, nice, bro. PE teacher? Yeah, That's got to be the most fun job. I always feel like when I was in school, all those guys were having so much fun. It it was fun until we had to go remote. What was that? Like you were doing Zoom gym classes? Horrible. (laughs) Zoom gym was horrible. Yeah, what would you do? You have 50 kids on the screen? Yes, and you can't discipline Like, all right, Mr. Them. Harris. Yeah, wait, what? But, like, how did it work? Bro, I would have to tell them to go get, like, I say if we was lifting weights, hey, I need everybody to go get two cans of corn. 
He's like, oh, we don't have corn. All right, get canned something. <laughs> then there's always like the talk back. Cause you know, they're not in front of me. So I can't discipline. I can't sit them out. Well, sh- shouldn't they all have their microphones turned off though? You know, the kids, man. <laughs> you know, you know, the kids. Well, I think that but as a teacher, I think like being the, um, the person who's controlling the room, don't you have the option to turn them off or mute, yeah, them? You mute them, but they can turn I mean, it back I'm, on. Oh, you know, okay. you know how it is. They got the computers yes. in front of them. They at their own house. <laughs> how old are the kids? Oh, I was working with middle school kids. So oh, okay. I had, so yeah, maybe I had a little sixth tough. to eighth grade. Yeah. At sixth to eighth grade. And do they have to do like the presidential fitness test during COVID? The bad thing about it is, yes, they did. And oh, they could just tell you what they got, basically. Oh, man. So everyone was running six minute miles? Basically. (laughs) I'm like, how are you running six minute miles if you're in your living room? Right. So it's like, it's ridiculous. You have some kids that they would literally take their laptop and run around the apartment with it and be like, discount for my mile, right? I'm like, no, go outside and do it. I'd rather you take the laptop outside with your Wi-Fi going to fail. Did you have to, I guess, put together all of these plans like before each gym class? How many times a week were you teaching that? Five days a week. I had different class. Well, I mainly taught the whole program, like the whole class, the whole school. Damn. So it's like I had to come up with different programs for my sixth graders, my seventh graders, my eighth graders. Um, and you know, just made them work. Like, but it, it was it was getting it was getting to me after a while. Right, but it was probably solid money, right? At the at that particular time. Yeah, it was cool, but then you know that's when the unemployment kicked in. Okay. You know. Yeah, bro, I hear you. Because like uh, our job, they had released us, but we were still good until the the contract was up. Because every fiscal year it changes, and you know they got to renegotiate money, so we were still good. So she let us take the um. Unemployment, she's like, because technically you guys are not working. And then, all right, cool, did that. I got ahead of myself. I thought the unemployment wasn't going to end. So she was like, oh, you ready to come back to work? I was like, work? Why do I need to? When was that? That's when the unemployment ended. So <laughs> was this like the when you started to get more serious in comedy? I know you've been yeah, there for a and while. Yeah, and that was the crazy thing. So when we stopped working, I was definitely doing comedy full time at that point. So now I'm on the road. I'm doing different gigs outside of New York. Because New York was shut down for a little minute. So I'm doing different gigs outside of New York. I'm actually getting booked, working on my craft. So when she told me to come back, it was on top of me getting that. And then on top of me, like, growing in comedy. And you also had a son at this point. Or yeah. just new son, right? Yeah. So it was like I, and I always told my students, I was like, when, the day I have a kid, I can't focus on y'all as much. How long did you have that job for, a PE teacher? I was a, a PE teacher for 10 years. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. I was a PE teacher for 10 years. Like, once I got out of uh, high school, I went to college, started working in the schools. And you really loved that job? I did. I did. Well, that's because I didn't have a child of my own. So I always took the, you know, necessary steps to, like, you know, make another kid's life better. And that also seems like a fun part, you know, yeah. of being a teacher. You know, yeah. you don't see kids miserable and, like, crying because of bad test scores. You just see kids having fun and smiling. And then the kids who weren't having fun and smiling, they were usually the weird kids who were doing well enough in class, so you didn't need yeah. to but, be like, oh, you're a great athlete. But my class was so inclusive, it didn't matter if he was a great athlete or not. I had the kids that were great athletes that would try to teach you to become a better athlete. That's how I always did my classes. Like, it doesn't matter... I said, if the weakest link, if you feel like someone is the weakest link, you make them as strong as you. So I would always pair them up together. And then whatever we was focusing on, we was focusing on volleyball, basketball, football, tennis, street hockey, whatever we was focusing on, they would pair up and they would work together. Did you have any kids become like really good athletes, like college athletes? Right now, I would probably say two. They're, um, 
they're going on to uh, one is going to Morgan State. One, I hope, hopefully, he gets back into football. But he was playing football at Cardinal Hayes. Is Morgan State in West Virginia? I have no idea where Morgan where's Car- State where's Cardinal Hayes. Is that high Cardinal school? Cardinal Hayes is in the Bronx. Yeah, a high school. Old boy, yeah, old boy high school. He was playing football. I call him my nephew, but he was great all his years from being in elementary all the way up to high school playing football. Now he's going to college, and he wanted to play football in college. So. so after, you know, you had time to get more serious about comedy, have you looked back, been like, oh, I kind of miss those kids, or having, like, the brotherhood kind of where kids were looking up to me and stuff like that? You miss it? The crazy thing is I do, but then again, it's like I'm not trying to go back to watching anybody else's children anymore. I'd rather totally. watch my own. But um, the, the pride that I get from, you know, raising these kids and grooming them to become athletes and stuff like that or just being a teacher in general, uh, when they see me and they be like, yo, thank you for everything that you taught me. That's what I get out of it. Like, I, I don't want no money from you guys whenever you decide, whatever it is you do in life, as long as you're doing good, you're still living, you're positive, you're happy. That's all I, I want from them. Were you friendly with other teachers at the time? See, the thing about me, I'm, I'm very friendly, but I didn't really care. Like, cause you know how some jobs can get real catty. And, you know, it can, it can turn out a whack depending on who's gossiping. I never had time for that. So I'll be cool with teachers, but when I feel like the conversation is about to shift, I would leave. When did your mindset switch to, all right, I want to do comedy full time? Was it right around the pandemic, but was it before that also? Yeah, it was definitely right around the pandemic. Uh, eventually, I said to myself that I was going to do comedy full time because at first when I got into comedy, I started doing like the Instagram skits. So when Instagram... I see you do those. Those are hilarious. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you, bro. So I started doing Instagram skits. And with that being done, like, I would see, like, a lot of the greats be like, all right, it's cool that they can be funny in front of their phone, but can they be funny on stage? It's a completely different beast. Completely different beast. So now I'm sitting there saying to myself, like, all right, I got to jump into that realm. I have to. Because, like, this is funny. You know, people write in the comments and stuff like, oh, my God, this is funny, this is funny. But now if I try to translate that on stage and I don't get the same reaction... Am I truly funny or am I just like defeating myself by just only putting up Instagram content and not taking it to the next level? Were you traveling from Harlem to like open mics and other shows or did you really start traveling when you moved to the Bronx? No, I started traveling to Harlem. So I was doing a lot of open mics in Harlem and downtown in the city, uh, Bronx, wherever I could get to, wherever I could get to. That's what I was doing. I was going to do a lot of open mics. And, you know, we all start off how we all start off. My first show was great. Second show was horrible. Third show was horrible. Then until I started really sitting down with like a lot of the guys that I see as like my comedy peers, and they started really helping me like mold my my set together. What do you think was the first moment where you're like, oh damn, I could really do this? First time, um, like a successful show or something like that, or maybe like props from another big time comedian. It was it was the first time I did Caroline's. First time I did Caroline's on Broadway, I really did really well. And I was like, wow, like, okay, this is what I could do. I feel like I could really, really do this. I could make people laugh. Was that a showcase? No, it was actually um, my boy Rashad Bashir. I don't know if you heard of him, but he he has a, a group that he put the show together. And he was just like, yo, man, I see you getting into comedy. I want to put you on this stage. You're a young comic. Not a lot of young comics able to touch this stage, so I want to put you on. How much time you do? I did 10. And that was probably like my fourth show. 
my first year of comedy. How much of it was just straight jokes and just cra- some crowd work that you felt comfortable I'm not doing? Not lie, five minutes worth of crowd work. <laughs> <laughs> five minutes worth but, of crowd I mean, that's work. The, that's the beautiful thing about like making sketches on Instagram. You know, mm-hmm. you get like a lot of ideas probably on the fly that you can easily put, yeah. you know, into the crowd, whatever. How comfortable are you on stage for the length of time? Like if somebody threw you up for an hour, would you be comfortable? 45 minutes or what? I'm not there for an hour yet. I'm working on 30. So right now I, I say I have a strong... 2025 but have I'm working you done on t- have you done 25 2025 not yet i've the most i've done so far is about like 18 and that was like you were what like featuring for someone and they were yeah. like 220 something like that yeah i did 18 but I'm, I'm focusing on getting to that 30 spot because my next birthday i want to do a 30 30 minute special nice and you have film it put it on youtube yeah or whatever kind of comes with mm-hmm. filming that special yep so where do you dream or dream, where do you think of going when you're talking about traveling and going outside of New York, like you mentioned initially? So it's, it's certain shows and states I haven't hit. Like, I wanted to go to Philly. I haven't hit um, the Punchline or the Helium. I want to do those two clubs. Um, I want to do the D.C. Improv. I want to do Magoobies down there in Baltimore as well. Uh, I want to do all the improvs in Florida. <laughs> I want to do all the improvs in Florida. I want to go to North Carolina as well, do some shows out there. Definitely got to hit up Atlanta. I went out to Atlanta to um to watch, but I want to go back to perform. Who'd you see down there? I seen Lavelle Crawford. Because one of my boys is actually featuring for him. How do you feel about T.I. starting uh, the scene down there? I'm actually happy because now you got to look at it like this. He can open up a lot of lanes for comics. I know he's coming in a little abrasive. Like The things that he's doing is just like you know far-fetched and out of this world. He's not really taking the craft as serious right now. But now I see that he's starting to shift because he got good people with him. And then he's starting to see like, all right, this is a different beast. This is not rap. I can't, you know, in rap, if I don't remember my lyrics, I could just put the mic out there and be like, go ahead, y'all. <laughs> or mumble, shake your head a you little bit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can, you can say little words and then just die down. Not with comedy. With comedy, you got people sitting there watching you for the duration of time that they're watching you. Expecting a laugh And you know also When people go on stage For like the first or second time Like you said I don't can't remember If you said the first time was great Second time was bad Third time was bad People think like Yo that first time is good I'm such a good rapper I can improv off the top of my head And freestyle Why can't I just freestyle And make these guys laugh I make my friends laugh all the time it's like, because when you're up there and you're looking at freestyle improv, like, you got to have the kind of direction. You know, when somebody says something, somebody's phone alarm goes off in the crowd, you have to know, oh, is that your birth control alarm? You know, yeah, somebody yeah, says, like, oh, like, uh, these white people here, where are you coming in from Connecticut? You know, like, those things that'll trigger something in your head that you automatically spew out. Yes. That, like, doesn't happen all the time when you're on stage Don't. ready to go. It could happen if you and I are having a conversation and you mm-hmm. think something I say is hilarious off the cuff. Yep. But... It's just different when the spotlight, spotlights are on you and you're supposed to go from joke to joke to joke. Yeah. Okay, now something improv, joke to joke. Now something improv. So it's just like it's, it's, it just takes a lot of practice. That's obviously yeah. comedians, whoever are listening, you know, watching yourself in the mirror, tape, audio, and all this stuff. And it's just so different from rap, even though it does seem kind of similar t- to rap. And then yeah. if you guys know, if you've ever been to a Ted Jones comedy show or comedy night with Ted Jones, I freaking freestyle after my, <laughs> after my set in the beginning. But like, that's just to get the energy flowing. And I'm not just like trying to show off my rap skills or whatever yeah. it is. It's just something that I enjoy doing, which is pretty different from doing stand up. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt. Definitely, man. So that's, you know, I'm just happy that he's getting into it because like I said, that's another lane that, you know, he can, he can maybe one day own his own comedy club. 
And now all the comics that's down there, they feel like they can't get around to certain clubs. They get to his club, and I'm pretty sure he's going to put everybody up. Right. So now that's another opportunity. That's a good thought, man. Because yeah. also in like other states, it's really few and far between. You know, like New York, you can go to a show in deep Brooklyn, and it's a free show, and you'll you know laugh some of the hardest you've ever laughed in your entire life. When if you like go to the suburbs of Atlanta and you go to a show, you might not see the most talented comics just because comedy is not like a full thing, and it's yeah. like over not overflowing but like overloaded. Like New yeah. York, some parts of New Jersey, you can go to a free show, bar show, and you can see some of the funniest comics. Yeah. So you're right; it would be good to you know have people expand and open up. Even like a chain of comedy clubs, like you were talking about doing the improv in yeah. Florida, but even doing it in like California or whatever. Yeah. But I think comedy is getting hot, hotter than it's ever been. I mean, since like the pandemic came back. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, I just love to see it. Is there like a particular club you love to do or like particular people you like to work with, people you think are funny in New York right now? Um, one of my favorite people to work with is, well, it's, it's a lot of them. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's sure. a lot of them. So I, I'm going to give. I got to name all of them. Yeah. Because so like, I really love working with these dudes. These dudes actually give me opportunities and they also like take me on road with them. So that's my boy, Des Comedy, Desi Johnson, my boy, Rennie, my boy, Reg Thomas, K Smith, my man, Kareem Smith, uh, Brandon Reeves, Isaiah Kelly, my other boy, uh, Ricky Floyd. Like it's, it's a lot of us. So these guys give me opportunities and also my man, Wavy McGuire, like, it's a lot of us. So are they traveling outside of New York also and just bringing you with them? At times, yes. Or like, you know, if it's if it's on the East Coast, you know, I still got my, my son at home. So if it's on the East Coast, we drive out there. We just go to different shows and they got different comic connections in certain cities that, you know, there's more shows that we can hit up while we It was there. funny when you were actually mentioning those places that like you want to go on tour from. Like I, I was just thinking about comics from each of those specific places, mm-hmm. how like it's pretty thought out and like. Uh, there's comics in specific states, but there it doesn't seem like there's a comedy scene in every state, which I feel no, like there should be. Yeah, it should be, you know? but it depends because it's like, yo, um, this is not an easy craft. So, like, certain states you might not see as many comics, or like it'd be different when you hear their stories when they they decide to, when they decide to do their specials. Like, I was the only comedian in my state. It's true because this is a hard thing to do. Make people laugh, like I said, for the duration of time. Hard thing to do And you're like Growing up in Kansas Like where are you going to go To do stand up You know there's no place For you to do stand up You just like Basically have to move Maybe there's that One or two clubs That have 300 seats Even a place like Arizona You think about people From Arizona There's three clubs That have 200 plus seats each And if you're not Performing at one of those Three clubs It's very hard to get stage time When in a place like New York It's like any bar that's any, big enough that, is, yeah, that doesn't have state. like enough customers on a Tuesday night, they're like, "Fuck it, well let's let's contact a comedian and have them throw a free show here, mm-hmm. while we can just bank on it." Which is also a funny thing too, man. Like you know, you go to shows and I, I don't want to say ninety percent of the time, but probably like seventy seventy five percent of the time, you're not getting paid. Yeah, you know, so that's definitely a different situation when you're in the middle of the, of the suburbs and you're not in like a metro area where everyone loves comedy, everyone loves Hollywood gotta, and stuff like that. You have to love this game because if you're in it just to think that you're going to get paid, you're not going to get that benefit until you're at a certain point in your career. Yeah, you have to really love this game. Like that's why I said in New York, like you said, you're not going to get paid off every show. You do a bar show, it could be sold out. You just did that for free. Yeah. <laughs> you just did that because you wanted to get your craft out. Yeah. I remember I saw this TikTok the other day. DJ Khaled was saying that 90% of his career, he was working for free. 
Yeah. So just like DJing parties, DJing clubs, yeah. and he would just like put his foot in the door and be like, I'll DJ for free, whatever. I don't care. Put me up for three hours. Is there a club that you like the most in New York City right now? The stand. That's why I was so appreciative when you put me up. Yeah, of course, bro. Well, guys, for those of you who don't know, and I'm sure a lot of you don't know because I've never told this story, <laughs> Travis uh, was at a Ted Jones comedy show probably in, what was it, maybe January? Yeah. December. He was hanging out at a show, said what up, and from that point forward, Travis got on the show. You know, we put Travis on the show because he's a hilarious comedian. I Appreciate see him around. That. He's always hanging. And, bro, yeah, we were just hanging, and I was just like, all right, this guy's funny. Let's put him up. You know, never asked for anything nah, really in general, bro. And the crazy thing is a lot of comics got to also understand that as well. You don't have to be on every show. Like me, I genuinely love comedy. So when I came to your show and I see, I was sitting there watching, enjoying it, laughing at all the comedians, laughing at you, hosting it as well, because I really love this game. I didn't come to you with the intention on getting on the show. I just came to just like, yo, you know what? I'm here. Like. Whatever relationships I can make, I can make. If Do you think there's a balance, though, for that? Because I find myself sometimes, I'm like, well, if I don't ask, I might not be put on the show really ever. It is it is a balance, but, like, you know, some, some comics do it too much, and that's when you build a certain reputation. You don't want to build the reputation. You just want to be, like, you know, level-headed. Like, you know what I mean? Just a straight shooter when you want to get on something or... Just to, just to relax, just chill. It's not keep showing face. I think just keep showing face because after a while, comics know comics. So the more you keep coming around, I'm like, hey man, like you do comedy. That's when the conversation sparks. Versus if I'm coming in, hey, can I get on? Hey, can I get on? Hey, can I get on? And you'll look at the person like, no, you'll never get on this show because you don't want them to be a nuisance to you. Yeah. So comics sometimes have great energy. Comics sometimes don't have great energy, yeah. and. Um, I think just always the positive vibe is always something I look for. You know, like when people ask or comics will come off stage and then another comic will be like, oh, how were they? And then a comic will say, oh, they suck. They were terrible. I'm just, I never really understand that. Just because it's just, it's bad all around in my, in my opinion. My you thing know? is everybody has their own audience. It doesn't matter like what they talk about. It doesn't matter if I like you or not or whatever. As long as the crowd is laughing. If they're not laughing, that, 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 might, be, that might not be their audience. The material that they put out there might not have worked the way they wanted to work, or they got to tweak it more. But it's like I never shun another comic. I know I don't care how you do on stage, as long as you enjoyed yourself and you had fun while you was up there. How would you describe your type of comedy? I'm not gonna lie, my type of comedy is I like raw comedy. I like straightforward. It's a little bit of dark humor as well, but. It's all in good fun, though. Good spirit. It's never to, like, offend nobody or bash anyone. And plus, it's all my experiences. Did you get a lot of material from your son? From my son? Yeah, like when he yeah, was born? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of material. <laughs> a lot of material. It was actually one joke I forgot to do on, on, on your show, but if it's another opportunity, I'll do it. But that's, yeah, I get a lot of material. Like, you'll just see something, you'll be like, boom, straight to the notepad. Yeah. Straight to the notepad, because it's like... Having kids are, are funny. Like kids are really funny in general. Yeah. Cause they're straight, they're straightforward, they're honest, they don't care how you feel. I was like the, the other day, a little girl, I guess she thought I was a napkin. Her hands was dirty. Wiped it all on my jeans. Oh, she saw your jeans. Yeah, yeah. just wiped it all on my jeans. I was like, wow. <laughs> Where were you at this particular time? I was point? at a cookout. <laughs> okay. She just wipes her hands up and down on my pants. 
I said, okay, all black. She just guess she thought I was a garbage bag. What kind of stuff do you feed your child, if you don't mind me asking? We'll get deep. I'm not going to lie. He is not your average kid. He likes, he likes like, uh, rice cakes, stuff like that. Let's go. Yeah, he's very, like. It's simple. Yeah, rice cakes. He likes granola bars. Um, He loves a lot of fruit. Let's go. Sounds like me, dude. Yeah, yeah, bro. Like, that's. That's everything he likes to When eat. do you stop feeding him formula? Oh, I've been stopped feeding him formula. We got him off that. Is he talking? Yeah, he's getting there. Yep. Pacifier? No pacifier. He'd never like to pacifier. Oh, that's good. Never like to pacifier. never sucking his thumb? Really? Nope. None right. of that. Like, like I said, this kid is different. Like, He was never the kid that really slept. You know how kids sleep all day? How they say kids sleep all day? Yeah. No. What are his hours like if you say you're um, writing jokes from like 8.30 in the morning to 10.30? How often is he sleeping? What are his hours look like? Depends on what time you go to sleep. When you try and put him to sleep. When I try to put him to sleep, sometimes it could be like right three, before four, you leave. three, four in the morning. It could be like that. Damn. He's not tired though? Bro, he'd be exhausted. <laughs> but he likes to fight. Like, I don't know why. Like he'd be exhausted. You read to him a lot? Yes. Watch a lot of TV, does he watch? We watch a lot of Elmo. Like he loves Solid. Elmo. What's um, Elmo on these days, by the way? Like Netflix. Right now, it's just on YouTube. Just, oh, yeah, let's go! Like, Catching him on the YouTube. early YouTube grind, yeah. man. Everyone loves YouTube. Man. Yeah, I love. I the love. The thing I YouTube. don't like that he does is when he watch other kids play with toys. I'm like, bro, you can play with the same thing. Oh, he watches it online. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. then, meanwhile, the kid who you're watching is making thirty mil. Hilarious. He loves dude. the Ryan kid. Oh, is that the that's, that's the Asian kid who yeah, makes like thirty mil? That unboxes all the toys. What, I don't, I don't, I've never seen it, the video yeah. though. Like, what does he do? He's just like fired up that he got a toy, and then fired he just starts playing with it. Start unboxing it, plays with it. His parents play with him. They're recording <laughs> old reactions. And meanwhile, you're sitting there with and your my son kid. just watching it. You're just sitting there. That was like I recently kind of got into watching like GTA Five of gameplay I mean, mode yeah, videos. Doing, yeah, I do that's that I feel so like I'm watching it. I'm like, this is just I might as well be playing the video game. But that's so no good. Yeah, yeah, me that's too, dude. <laughs> that's also so good at the game. Too. Yeah, that's I do that. I like I like to watch like game walkthroughs. Yeah, I watch yeah, Call yeah. of Duty walkthroughs. I watch like, um, like this one dude who used to stream him playing online. So I watch that. Who like, do you know? Remember his name? Tony Baker. Okay. Tony Baker would stream with his friends online and just play all night, and I'd just be sitting there watching it. Like, did you like the commentary from them or yeah. the gameplay also? Commentary plus the gameplay. Yeah, like the ASMR of like those Call of Duty games, like yeah, unload, yeah, yeah. oh shit, yeah. <laughs> and they're just going crazy in the game. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun to watch. I've been, get, I've been, I've gotten into vlogs and podcast more so since i started vlogging when i like a year and a half ago started this podcast almost three years ago but like just being on youtube all the time and just seeing like my for you page or suggested suggested mm-hmm. rather on youtube uh it just gets me clicking all these videos and like these guys are insane you ever watch mr beast no i gotta check so, it out yeah you got it mr beast is just a guy like every single video he'll give away hundreds of thousands of dollars he created like willy wonka's chocolate factory the other day it gets like 50 plus million views on every video. And this, like the start of the, the video, he's like, I bought a chocolate factory with this amount of money. Like everything's <laughs> bop, bop, right in your face. So like, even if you were to think about changing it, mm-hmm. like there's so many uh, screen changes every three seconds that like you're so intrigued, yeah, like you know? You and that's, and that's the thing up. these days, you know? Like if you're watching, um, I don't know, I've never seen this kid unbox stuff, but I bet it's like, first they have the box, then they get put the yeah. scissors, then the kids open it. Wow, then the parents are playing. Yep. There's that's like a new exactly shot every three minutes. And that's what 
I think people like live comedy so much just because like it's boom, boom, boom. When if you're watching a full hour special on YouTube and like the only thing really changing is the camera angles, people kind of get like, all right, well, let's get to the next. uh, Let's get to the next comic or or get to the next video. So like when I was watching Pete Davidson and Best Friends, I know like almost all the comics on that show. It was super fun to watch just because like I knew these guys were only going to be doing 10 to 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. We were going to get to the next comic, next change of scene. So I'd be interested to see like what happens with these hour special and putting them on HBO and Netflix and Hulu. And obviously guys like Kevin Hart, Dave Chappelle, they could probably keep somebody's attention for an hour. But I wonder if it's just going to start to shorten and shorten and become more just like direct. The age of technology, man. People are, they want instant gratification. Have you done any shows that have been live streamed? Uh, Probably like two. You have? Yeah. Well, you've done it like on Zoom or like somebody was in the back like filming? Somebody was in the back filming. Okay. I haven't done one yet. Oh, you haven't done one? No. I mean like I'll put like all of the Ted Jones comedy show, Comedy Nights with Ted Jones, I put like vlogs on YouTube and I'll take maybe like a minute from my set. I'll take clips of comics for two seconds and put them up, not put any jokes. But in terms of like putting like a full 10 or 15 minute set on YouTube or being filmed yet, it hasn't happened for me. Oh, well, and I and I don't get that to happen. Yeah, and and I don't like I, I'm not like in a super like a big rush to do to mm-hmm. do it just because like I feel that I can put clips of mine on a TikTok on an Instagram and um, still keep my live set you know all to me or the people who are coming to my shows just because yeah, yeah. like I don't want to say one of my worst nightmares but like something that I don't really like to do is like put up a clip. And then that same night, I'm telling the same joke that like if a person is in the crowd, they're like, oh, I like Ted Jones. Let's go look at his YouTube page, TikTok, Instagram, whatever. And then they see the joke uh, that I just did that night, you know, last week, something like that. You still got to do your material. It doesn't matter. Some some people, some of your fans might come just to see that one joke. You never know because like you have certain comics that they have new material and all that. But you'll hear certain people after the show like, yo, why he didn't do this joke? Or that's true. You you you've had that. That's like, also you know true. What I mean, you had comics or like, you know, not comics, but people come out and be like, "Why you ain't do this loud? I remember this joke. Why you ain't do this one?" They be like, "Nah, I'm trying to do new material, or I don't want to oversaturate you guys with the same material that I've been doing." Yeah, but you still got to do your material. Totally, unless I, you put it on a special and you put it out there. Yeah, then I would. That's say, when it feels like it's kind of just done. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because it's already out there. The world gonna see it. They're gonna continuously see it. So now it's time to do something new. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hear what you're saying. And then just in general, you got to find like a good balance between the TikTok, the Instagram, the yeah. YouTube and the live performance. Yeah. You know, sometimes it becomes hard to balance it. But I, I mean, for the most part, that's like what I'm trying to do. You know, like I, I'll do this podcast Mondays and Thursdays and then the vlog Tuesdays and Fridays. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, every week we're doing the Ted Joe's comedy show. So trying to yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to balance all those things and just get it together. Are you looking to add like another form of entertainment situation to what you're doing, you know, like a, a podcast, something like that. I'm following you around. On, I'm actually on a podcast. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm one third of the ignorant know it all. So that's me, my guy, Wavy Maguire, and my other man. Um, How long have you been doing that for? I'm sorry, I didn't know about that. About a year and a half now. And you guys do it once a week. My bad. I should have researched yeah. this. <laughs> now, nah, yeah, we try to we we try to yeah we try to put out an episode a week. Right now, we got about like thirty. 30 to 35 episodes on, um, you know, Spotify, Apple Music and stuff like that. We didn't get to the visual yet. We need to. Yeah, yeah, you, you do. Yeah. Bro, just put up your phone. 
That's like initially yes. what I was doing. That was something that um, before we got this camera, yeah. I would just put out my phone and then we just put that 30 minute. Because also the iPhone's got really good clarity uh, yeah. or whatever. I don't know what phone you have, but like for the most part, <laughs> it's good clarity. You yeah. Know? So that's what, that's what I was telling them. We need to start doing that. Start putting the visuals and we're, we're going to start doing that eventually. Because people want to see us now. Totally, bro. So, You're a good looking cat. I appreciate that. What is that what does the comedy game look like going forward for you and balancing being a father as well? I'm not gonna lie. So I always do goals yearly. Love so, that. You write shit down all over the yeah, place yeah, or what? Man. Yeah, yo, that's exactly what I do. <laughs> Definitely does that. So I, I, I like to do goals yearly. So my goals I have four goals this year. To hit an improv. To hit um, a funny bone, to hit a laugh factory, for people to know my name in comedy. I already completed two, working on the third, and then the fourth one. Do you reach out specifically to those clubs, or be like featuring for someone at those clubs? No, um, I'm actually featuring at the Laugh Factory next month in Chicago. Dope. Yeah, so now I know I'm going to do that. So now it's just making sure everybody know who I am in comedy. That's my biggest goal right now. I want people to know who Travis Harris is. You might not like me. Nah, come on, man. You no, I'm just saying. Guy, no, dude. I'm just saying because some people <laughs> people some, might be hating. Yeah, it might be that, or you know, my style of comedy is not for everybody. Really, it's not. It's not I think it's pretty funny. I appreciate. Why? It. Wait, why not? Why wouldn't they think it? I don't have. I don't did certain jokes, and people came up to me like, "Wow, I can't believe you really think like this. This is crazy." <laughs> I remember I did a joke that, This is crazy Yeah I did a joke about my son And then um, <laughs> Some lady in the crowd was like See I'm a, I'm an aunt And I was like okay She was like I didn't like what you did <laughs> About what you was talking about with your son I was like but you're an aunt She's like yes I don't yeah, have any a mother Yeah I was like you don't have was no Was this children. at a bar show? No it was actually at Broadway Oh yeah, well, I mean, you get a good mix of like tourists, so maybe she was from Kansas. She was like, Probably, "We don't have, yeah, com- we don't have like, comedy clubs there. Yeah, we don't, we don't, you don't play that." <laughs> so that's what she didn't like that joke, and I was like, "I understand." A couple people have told me about certain jokes. It's like, "Oh my god!" Do you keep doing them? Yes, I'm not gonna, love that. I'm not gonna stop. You being, think it's funny? Yeah, I'm not gonna stop being who I am. Like this is this is me. This is what I. This is how I think. So when I'm on stage, I'm coming to talk to you guys about how I think. Some of you might. No, might think the same way. Some of you might not, but I'm going to get my point across when I'm on stage. You mentioned, you know, somebody coming up to you after a show. Do you ever have any jokes on stage where you're like, ah, fuck, I shouldn't have said that or that joke I'm killing? I'm going to keep doing that joke. (laughs) I didn't, I did a show in Brooklyn one time and, um, you know, the joke, it's a a dark joke. Really didn't go over with that crowd. I was like, I'm going to keep doing this. (laughs) It doesn't matter what it is. Cause I threw it out there and they they didn't receive it well. I was like, I'm already all in. I'm gonna as well finish it. I'm not gonna stop. Cause if you double back, that's when the crowd you lose the trust of the crowd. So I'm like, no, I'm gonna keep going. It is what it is. Like I might not like it, but I'm gonna finish this joke out and we're gonna move to something different. Cool, man. Yeah, man. Travis, you have anything else to tell the freaking listeners, viewers before we get out of here, man? Shout out your Instagram, by the way. Oh, my name is uh, The Trav Truth on all social media. Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, The Trav Truth. That's my Right here. You guys check this link out, Trav. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. No problem, bro. Peace.